This is the Sunshine Branch, a show which highlights the work of those who serve to better their community and looks at the diverse perspectives of Louisiana. I'm Elizabeth Eads. Thanks for listening. Down on Florida Boulevard, across from the Baton Rouge General, is Millennial Park. That's the container park that's a great stop for a bite to eat and a moment to relax and hang out. If you've been by recently, you may have noticed a small new addition to it. A little free library. You know, the home-constructed cases with shelves of free books to borrow. This one is bright yellow, covered with wonderful artwork, and even comes with blackboards on its sides and a spot in which to sit. And I wondered who made such a neat reading space. I found that it was Vips Baton Rouge, or Volunteers in Public Schools. Kaya Simmons is its Volunteer and Community Partners Director. And when we talked, she told me about how the little library came about. It's, of course, no surprise with the paintings on the library's panels that a lot of creativity was involved. But even getting the project to go took some thinking outside of the box. So the little library started with the idea of providing books to students and communities, which is a big mission of ours. Unfortunately, we don't realize that a lot of children don't have age-appropriate reading material in the household, and studies show that the more books in the household, the better trajectory the child will have for their futures, just having immediate access to age-appropriate material. And so we thought about who could we partner with to set up little free libraries. That's an initiative that is a national thing that is done outside of VIPs. And um, it just kind of evolved. And this was actually around the time where uh, COVID was first peaking and schools were closed and we had to be innovative as to how we can continue to provide our services. So this project is very unique because typically we send our volunteers into the schools. All of our services are direct services into public public schools during Mm -hmm. school hours. But um, we had a little flexibility to be creative and so we partnered with Millennial Park, which is a new container restaurant and commerce space here in Baton Rouge. Really, really cool. The CEO is a young progressive guy, Cameron Jackson. I approached him to introduce uh, Vips to him and tell him what we do. He was very excited about it. And so I said, you know, it would be really neat if you had a literacy space here on the grounds for patrons, families to enjoy. You know, they have an outdoor dining area. So while they're eating, children can be reading children's books and they can take the free books as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just brainstormed and said, you know, well, we can build a construction here our thing is that we have to incorporate students because our services are for East Baton Rouge Parish public school students, right? You know, we have tutoring programs for elementary, but our partnerships are for elementary, middle, and high school. So we brainstormed and said, you know, what high school has maybe a digital media or digital arts programs, things like that, where the students can be creative and display their artwork. Um, and so we contacted a school and had the students design the artwork and work with the teachers. And they came on site and did the painting and artwork and the beautiful images that you see on the library. The whole thing, I'm just really overwhelmed mm-hmm. at how, how beautiful it is. Yes, they did and a great job. It's a little nook. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. super cute. I love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it is really cool. But, uh, you know, is there was there just kind of some 
vibe there or was it do you know did you say oh business wise this will be is it just about foot traffic it's that? visibility that location is is a great area for visibility um and the patrons that he already serves at millennial park with the variety of restaurants you know they bring children he has events there all the time and it's just a wonderful outdoor space to congregate right. and adding a literacy piece to that that environment it, it just was magic right I understand that there are literacy materials mm-hmm. in it whenever I read literacy materials this is something that I was reading on the website I was just like you mean books yes what, what does that mean is it so there's ACT prep books there's mm-hmm. um all kind of test prep materials there's um coloring sheets worksheets and as well as books and there's also adult books too Okay. You know, just all sorts of resources that would benefit our youth. It's not just kids. So if a parent is there or n- not even mm-hmm. a parent, just a person that says, oh, look, a library is right, right there. So we actually worked with Knock Knock Museum and they donated a lot of books and we did some book drives. So just fortunately, you know, there was a mixture of the types of books that were donated and we're not going to turn away any material. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... It, it's a draw to have some of the adult material there because, you know, adults need reading also. And, and if adults have a love for reading, then they translate that passion to children. It's outside. There, there is this take a book, leave a book. Right. So how has that worked so far? So all the books are free. Um, if you visit the library and you like something, feel free to walk away with it. Okay. Now, that is not a concept that VIPS um, developed. Again, you know, this is inspired by the Little Free Library Initiative, and that is their concept. And so um, I love that model. You know, um, there's no uh, pressure or obligation or, you know, uh, we have to make sure to bring it back, which can be a deterrent. But Nope. If you walk up to it, you like it, hang out, sit down, grab something to eat, read the book or put it back. Or if you have books you want to uh, donate, you can go over there and stock the library, keep it stocked for us. Would you Would you leave like a whole box of books? Because obviously the shelves can only hold right. so much, but I imagine what happens to those books? So if anyone wants to donate books, just contact VIPS. Um, our phone number is 226-4700 um, or email me directly at ksimmons1, numerical one, at ebrschools.org and we'll keep them in our office and as the books diminish um, when people are, you know, of course, taking the books, that which is what we encourage, then we can restock the books. Okay, so that's how, because it is the honor system, right. really, take a book, leave a book, but sometimes you walk up and you just mm-hmm. go, I don't have a book. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, only if you have a book that you want to give, it's it's really not a requirement to leave a book or replace whatever you took. As long as we are getting these books out in the community, that's, our job is as, is being done. Okay. Tell me more about the artwork. I um, love the artwork. The artwork is so yes, beautiful. It's beautiful. How did the day go constructing it? We contacted Mentorship Academy, and those are a group of very talented teachers and students, and we worked directly with art teachers and the digital design teachers. They were very hands-on with uh, working with the students in-house as well as making sure that they were on site to do the painting. So we partnered with um, Mid-City Redevelopment, Aramark, and they both donated paint. 
uh, and paint supplies. Yeah. Um, and we just got to it. The teachers, I really have to give it to them. They were very hands-on with helping the students transfer their ideas and artwork onto the building. And the art is actually themes from children's books. Okay, It's cool. inspired by children's books, cool. yes. So, and, and I didn't realize that it was students mm-hmm. that were doing the painting. Yes. That's really yeah, amazing. Yeah, so they did the painting themselves under the guidance of Miss Ob and Miss Elsie. Okay, that is really cool. How does that work with the weather and stuff? And I know this is just kind of a common question with little libraries in mm-hmm. general, but how is it that... Especially in Louisiana weather. <laughs> Tell me about it, right? <laughs> well, it doesn't seem to have um, had a negative effect on the books. Uh, I, I'm assuming you're referring to maybe mold and all the rain. Um, fortunately, it is an enclosed case, but, you know, moisture can get in. But fortunately, we haven't had any issues with the books being damaged, which is a blessing. Okay, that's good. And then as far as um, later on in the evening, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, because it's Millennial Park, but it's, they close. So mm-hmm. when they close, the it's library It's open closes. and accessible. Is it? 24-7. Okay. If anybody wants to walk up and grab a book, by all means, please do. If you have this this feeling, you know, that you should just take a book yeah. at some point, anytime, 24-7, anytime. go for it. it that it's there for the public. <laughs> it's, it's open and uh, accessible to the public. I love that. That's mm-hmm. just a real nice sense of community. Yeah, and you know, imagine being a high school student and being able to pass by this structure and know that you contributed your beautiful ideas and skills and talents to making it beautiful, and it really is beautiful. Um, I couldn't have imagined anything um, more better than what they've done. Um, just a sense of pride and having stock in something, a, a structure that is so beautiful and um, that encourages literacy. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about how COVID has um, has kind of maybe had any kind of effect on any of this. On, on VIPS as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, we typically, this, this project is very unique. Um, typically, our volunteers are paired one-on-one with a student that has been recommended to our programs by their teachers. And I was reading something that it's a 1,000 students mm-hmm. that get recommended? Yes, I it's about realize. between 900 and 1,000 students get recommended because they've been identified as underperforming, either in literacy or math. So we have two programs. Everybody reads it's for reading, and everyone counts is for math. We do early literacy intervention for pre-K to f- second graders, and the math is for first to third graders. And so what happens is at the beginning of every school year, we send out letters, uh, forms to teachers saying, you know, recommend students to our programs that you have identified that may be underperforming. So we give them about a month or two, you know, to get familiar with the students and see how they perform. And then they start sending in recommendations around September, November. And then we are constantly recruiting volunteers. So COVID has, to answer your question, has dramatically impacted the number of volunteers that are able to participate because of COVID, especially when schools closed, um, our whole model was kind of shaken up because we do one-on-one tutoring. Our volunteers go to the school during school hours, and it's about the relationship, it's about the consistency, the rapport that you build, and if you can't have that contact with the students, it's a challenge. But we did convert to virtual, and that boded well, but we lost a lot of volunteer participation, and as you can imagine, we didn't have as many student referrals just because everything was virtual and they were at home. So the numbers did dramatically drop. It's hard to connect. Virtually. It is. It is. It really is. Um, and 
like I said, the the model is about the bond and the relationship. And, you know, there's a disconnect virtually, but we did our best to make it work. And we did some other community type of things like um, drive-by book book donations, you know, with, with the food. We partnered with Child Nutrition, and at the different food distribution sites, we ha- we had community partners that would purchase books, and we would give them books also. Nice. And so that worked out well. It was really neat. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That sounds – if you said, okay, Elizabeth, here's lunch and a book. There you go. I would never say no to And not to just that. one book. I mean, <laughs> the students, the, each car may have gotten five books, you oh, know, cool. for their children. Just to give the impact of the dramatic need for volunteers, we're constantly looking for community partners, which is more of a group or an organization or a business or a church um, that could come into a school and do something, you know, once a week or biweekly or once a month, one time. We encourage consistency, but th- so that's what a partnership would look like. And it could be a special event. It could be sharing your skills and talents. It could be um, expo- anything to expose students to something that they otherwise wouldn't experience or just to support the school with whatever's going on. We have the, the individual volunteers that tutor, like uh, we, we talked about the number of ref- student referrals between 900 to 1,000. We have about 600 volunteers at one time. So that 300 to 400 students that have been recommended, what happens if we can't pair them with a volunteer to ha- have additional support? Right. And they continue to fall behind. And so we are constantly encouraging people to contact us to volunteer. And the volunteering is just once a week for 30 to 45 minutes. Right. Once a week throughout the school year from September to May, then the students are performing back on grade level by the end of the school year. Okay. And that's what we want. And we just want to be able to fill the void of students that are not matched with a volunteer because we don't have enough volunteers. Right. And when I saw that number, 1,000, I thought, mm-hmm. wow. Because really, you are looking for kind of a one-to-one. Mm-hmm. That would be the ideal. Yes. So you would want, ideally, a uh, thousand At least a thousand volunteers. In yes. Baton Rouge to yes. just help out and just do the thing. That's right. And, and the commitment is not um, a burdensome commitment. It's mm-hmm. just once a week for an hour. And we can find a school that's close to you, uh, whether it's on the, your commute to and from work. Um, near your job, near your home, whatever is convenient for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is just open to, if you're in East Baton Rouge Parish, yes. you can volunteer. That's right. 18 and up. We do do a background check because you're working with a child one-on-one. Sure. Um, and that's pretty much the only two major requirements, a love for working with children and a love for reading. Okay. And cool. yeah, that's, that's it. If you are outside of East Baton Rouge? If you are willing to work okay. inside of Baton Rouge because we serve East Baton Rouge Parish, uh, but by all means, you know, a lot of people do work inside the city but live outside in the surrounding areas. You are more than welcome to volunteer. Uh, getting back to the to the little library, what kind of activities do you have planned? Well, as it relates to the library, that's um, just a, a project that was done and is, you know, a permanent fixture at Millennial Park. And so um, it's, it's there and re- accessible for everyone. That's just was just a unique project that we're very happy to have been able to do. It was a great experience, and it also pushed us um, to see what our possibilities are. Even COVID, you know, it showed us how to be progressive and uh, find virtual platforms that our volunteers could use as tools through the tutoring programs. It showed us um, if we had to be virtual, if we could facilitate that. Um, So 
Um, it's always good to be able to do these types of programs and to see who all is on board to support. But our you know, main goal is to supplement the lack of resources in public schools through community involvement. Okay. Huh. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about that because, you know, you're telling me about, you know, the virtual stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we have something that's just totally counter to that. Mm-hmm. What is it that you mean when you say progressive as far as schools are concerned? Well, um, my thoughts are that, you know, the way we had to go back to the drawing board and reevaluate how we can deliver our services um, with the challenges that COVID presented that was progressive, you know, because we never considered doing virtual tutoring because that's just, our model just wasn't, um, you know, applicable to that. Wasn't really, like Because it's the one-on-one tutoring in person. You need the connection, Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of not working in the same way. Right. But we we did make it work um, for the time being, and when, when schools opened back up, then we eliminated the virtual option and went back to what works. Okay, best. so so had COVID not happened, would mm-hmm. this little library still have happened? That is a good question. Um, it probably would have been an idea that you know was of interest, but I think. Pushing it through was more of a motivation because COVID happened. Wow. Yeah. I, I think I could attest to that. You know, um, I probably, knowing me, I, I'm always coming up with creative ideas. Why don't we do this? Can we do this? And I have to get reeled back in. Well, Kaya, remember, we serve <laughs> public schools directly, <laughs> um, you know, and that's not a school, you know. And so that's why we brought in a school to do the work, do the artwork. And, and you know, they gain so many skills with that experience. And, you know, you have to tie it into literacy in some way just to stay on track with uh, the purpose of our organization and mission. But that's a good question. Um and that goes back into whenever I, I would imagine that has a lot to do with funding and mm-hmm. grants and that sort of thing. Checking yeah. the boxes, making sure that you right know. you have to stay in line with what you know was the original plan. Right, and, the and original so mission. this time the the original plan still was it's still because we still focused on literacy. We right. still served a school, um, and we provided books. Um, like this was just a very unique project that was a great experience and um, you know just showed us possibilities that's really cool Mm -hmm. really cool really cool Um, just to give you some background uh, about why I'm emphasizing that we serve public schools directly um, you know VIPS was established in 1981 our founders established VIPS in response to failed desegregation efforts um, and it's pretty known fact that, you know, when desegregation happened, despite the intentions, um, a lot of resources left the communities and left public schools and left public schools in need of, of resources that were deplenished. Well, tell me what happened in 1981. The repercussions of, you know, public school suffering because of funding being removed, um, community support being removed, you know, we can go into... Well, I mean, what happened with the buses? What what exactly happened? Well, with with busing, um, there was an effort to um, migrate students from underserved communities to uh, uh, communities that may have been a little more affluent. 
um, and it just caused a shift in demographics. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the intention that was was not foreseen was that it it just resulted in maybe more community being against that idea of desegregation right and so they took their schools out their students out of public schools and put them in private schools or other parishes um, Mm -hmm. which equates to resources being taken out of public schools also right so this kind of sounds like white flight to me. Basically. Okay. <laughs> Basically. I don't know. I, I don't want to sit that's here That's pretty and... much precisely what <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, it feels like you sound... I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Well, you know, <laughs> no. depending on the listening audience, you know, sometimes that that's not as well received and right. it's not understood what that really means. Right. So I'd rather um, explain what that means than just um, then call that put out. a label yeah. on it that sounds uh, harsh. But right. in reality, it is harsh for the students that suffer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, public schools, you know, what I've found, it has a, a negative stigma. Um, but the thing is, there's a lot of talent in these students, there's a lot of talented teachers that go unnoticed because of that stigma. Um, and I think a lot of light needs to be shed on the quality of education that is possible and that we're working very hard to achieve and in a lot of ways are actually excelling. Um, and the, the issue is that we like to keep reinventing the wheel if you have issue with public schools or anything, you know, really, why don't you invest more into getting it where you think it should be instead of reopening and splitting minimal funding that is already available and dividing it more and more and more. Everyone suffers, even new um, educational um, platforms and, and schools and things like that because that's just less funding that is available and it's more time more salaries instead of just reinvesting back into these community schools and public schools and developing programs using funding to put back into these schools instead of redirecting it elsewhere it's just a steady flow of resources that are being projected outwardly and spread thin right Right. Kind of a, the thought, at least, of right. let's see what we can do here. Mm-hmm. And let's, see how let's, let's evaluate what's happening in public schools and where can we better allocate funding to be more proactive in solving problems instead of, oh, this school is not working. Let's just take some money away from that. And then the schools continue to deteriorate. And the money that you you could have been using to get these schools up to par to your standards, um, you know, it's going into building new constructions and it's, it's just constantly starting from scratch over and over and over and over and over. And that's right. just a more division of funding. It always goes back to money. <laughs> it, unfortunately, it does. But, you know, it takes money. It does. It yeah. does. Um, if somebody wants to contribute in any kind of way, mm-hmm. definitely want to leave that open for you to. Please. Uh, we do take donations. We um, are based, we're an independent nonprofit. Uh, we do have uh, a small contract with the East Baton Rouge Parish School System to provide community resources to public schools, but that is a, a small fraction of uh, what keeps us afloat. 
grants, donations is our primary means of serving and, and being able to serve. So um, if anyone wants to donate or sponsor anything, by all means, you can contact us at, uh, you can go to our website, www.vipsbr.org, V-I-P-S-B-R.org. You can call us at 226-4700. Our email is vips at ebrschools.org. For anyone that is dealing with literacy issues right now, mm-hmm. what can they do at home? There's all sorts of resources available on our YouTube channel, actually. Even we were talking about COVID earlier. During that period, we were very creative in working with some of our partners who would do story times and actually show students how to make activities that are related to the story with minimal materials that you can just find around the house just to make it a hands-on experience. So there's many story times, there's many recommendations and resources on our website. So between our YouTube, which is Vips Baton Rouge, or our website, vipsbr.org, you can find different things that you can do at home. Uh, We have reading book lists for every age level, uh, elementary age level. Your local library has a lot of resources. Digital, if you don't want to be in person or... um, I like Khan Academy Kids, ABC Mouse. (laughs) And these are things that are very low low cost. If you go to our website, there's all sorts of resources. There's a resource tab, and parents can access it and and receive a lot of recommendations. And our YouTube channel, for sure. What's the name of your YouTube channel? Vips Baton Rouge, V-I-P-S Baton Rouge. Um, And there's even a career portal. We have been interviewing community partners of various career fields and disciplines and professions, and they talk about how they got into their field, what would you need to do, what's it like, a day in a life working in my field from um, technical jobs to skilled labor to you know lawyers and all sorts of things and we're, we're constantly developing that so if anyone is interested in sharing inspiring a student about what they do for a living contact us and we'll shoot a three to five minute video of you talking about it don't underestimate what you have to offer a student because you know keep in mind a lot of these children don't know anything outside of their community um, and the world is big and we, you know, we as think, adults know that we've, we've seen and done a lot. So just yeah. share. I think sometimes, uh, I, well, I, this is just a personal opinion of mine, but I think that in Louisiana, sometimes we get really uh, boxed in mm-hmm. with what our possibilities are. Right. And as adults, that continues to translate down to the kids. Right. And if you don't break that cycle, it just kind of keeps... Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's key to think about your own life and your own experiences and just understand that just you being present in their schools is is in many cases enough for students to see, oh, you know, the community cares. The village really cares about me Mm -hmm. just showing up, you know, even if you don't really know what you have to offer we can place you at a school and say, hey, we have a volunteer that's willing to help. What do you have going on at your school that you need um, extra hands-on? Schools are constantly having little programs or things that, you know, they could use additional help. You can help a teacher in the classroom, you know, once a week or however frequent you can. There will be something we can find for you to do. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> 
we can find something. Oh my goodness, that's great. Kaya, thank you so much thank for talking you. with me today. And I hope to hear much more about what you guys are doing. Yes, absolutely. Thanks. The Little Library at Millennial Park is such a happy sight. With that bright yellow exterior, it's a little hard to look at and not smile. Really. If you haven't been by, you should check it out. It's across the street from the Baton Rouge General on Florida Boulevard. This is the Sunshine Bridge. It's a new show, and if you want to drop a line, it would be great to hear from you. You can send an email to thesunshinebridge at gmail.com. Show music is by Arnav Srivastav. And for this episode, I'd like to give a special thanks to Cy and B, who always encourage me to keep learning. I'm Elizabeth Eads. See you next time.